White Cloud feeds to the right, back in front, White Cloud scores! White Cloud bearing down on the goal, straight down the middle, went to the outside right for Stone. Stone tapped it right back to White Cloud. The righty rips it home. Because one hour isn't enough. We welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Michael, nine seconds through the left circle. Number nine closing in. He scores! It's an overtime winner. Jack Eichel to the one Golden Knights with six seconds to go. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at lbsportsnetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Ballard and Ryan Wallace. Following a developing story in the National Hockey League tonight involving an official and an interaction with a player on the Toronto Maple Leaf uh, game this evening in which the linesman is accused of shoving Michael Bunting. Uh, We'll Mm. get into that in just a little bit because I want to look at it a couple more times before I get deep down into it. I generally side with the officials on these things, and that is my first inclination. But uh, because of the uproar uh, in and around social media, uh, I want to be able to uh, take my time. Uh, This is the VGK Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Uh, The Toronto Maple Leafs are a team that is expecting big things. So are the Vegas Golden Knights. They both had some ups and downs this year. And for Vegas, it's been at home recently. Losing last night to the Buffalo Sabres 3-2, in which they were down 3-0, but clawed their way back. And there's a... I've been uh, talking about it on our pregame show on the television side. We've certainly discussed it uh, on the the radio program. The shortcomings at home. Mm -hmm. Would you believe that this is a National Hockey League trend league-wide? That teams are losing at home more and more? Now, it doesn't offset the disappointment of going to the rink and not seeing the Golden Knights win. But I just want to put it out there. And these this is factual. Since the Golden Knights came into the league, mm-hmm. this was the points percentage of the road team. 503 okay. in year number one. 513, 518, 520, 521. Up every year, the mm-hmm. points percentage by road teams in the NHL this year, 545. Wow. By road teams hmm. in the NHL. And 545 is during a season in which the Boston Bruins have appointed every game at home. Sure. Does that surprise you, that trend? Kind of. It yeah. blows me away. Yeah, kind of. A team like the Rangers have one more on the road. Vegas has yeah. one more on the road. So uh, there's a, a couple of teams that uh, that are looking at some pretty lopsided percentages, home and the road, which is going to sway this uh, a little bit more. But a 545 percentage for road teams in 2022-23, wow. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's pretty, that's a really good find on a, on a trend. For you, Darren. Mm. I like that. Good job. Uh, I didn't find it myself. I oh. It was handed to me in particular for this show. Hmm. So uh, they said, Did go down this path. Uh, this is what we discovered. So uh, oh. I just uh, thought it was uh, something to bring you. Now, does that make it easier to digest a defeat? No. 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 You still want to beat the Buffalo Sabres. You better beat the Arizona Coyotes. You want to finish off against the St. Louis Blues. Uh, you don't want to have a below 500 record. At home, mm-hmm. just a reality. 
And uh, that is, seems like a, a missed opportunity when you look at the road record. Like it could be one of those crazy, cool, wild seasons if you're okay at home mm-hmm. and still really good on the road. But, uh, but that hasn't been the case so far. No, it hasn't. But again, I, you know, I look at where the Golden Knights are at right now with their home and road records. And I tend to believe along the same lines that, that Bruce Cassidy believes that it's not going to stay as an absolute for the remainder of the season. Meaning the Golden Knights aren't going to win 14 of 17 every 17 game stretch that they have on the road. And I don't think the Golden Knights are going to be below 500 for every 17 game stretch that they have at home. I think that we're going to see those things normalize a little bit here. But more than anything, I'm just I'm I'm encouraged by the game Vegas played against Buffalo. And I do believe, I, I've said this before, I'm gonna say it again. I do believe that the course correction on home ice is coming. Yeah, six sixty-two point percentage right now. Yep. And total points puts you second in the National Hockey League. Right. You would take both those. Sure. It's just that it's wonky how you're getting there. It is, but you're there. I know, but I, that doesn't I hear you, but translate in in a in a good way for a lot of people who are going to games. And that I is a reality. No, I get that. I'm I, I just I feel like again we're we're kind of ha- gonna have it th- at some point this season, like an intersection of where the road record starts to come back down to earth and the home record starts to level out to the to the place you want it to be. And I think the team will be in the exact same place in the standings as they've been the whole time through. But because more of the wins are going to come on home ice, people are going to be happier. They're going to treat it like it's an actual second-place team in the NHL and first-place team in both the Pacific and the Western Conference. And I don't know why that is trending upwards for the road teams. Uh, I've been very upfront with you guys that I don't buy the we're on the road, mm-hmm. we've got no distractions, we just eat and sleep hockey, mm-hmm. we, we, we're just totally focused on the game at hand. Uh, I, I think that there's some advantages to that, but I don't think it sways it to a 545 from a 503 mm-hmm. six years ago. I, I don't think it bumps you up 40 points uh, in, in the standings. Is it parity? Maybe. Because you're talking about teams winning 40 more points on the road than mm-hmm. they were six years ago. Sure. And the rules have basically stayed the same. Last changes at home. There's all these advantages where you know the environment. You've got people cheering for you. Uh, it, I'm befuddled. I mean, I, I think the only thing that changed six years ago is you got a, a 31st team, and then you, you, a couple of years ago you get a 32nd team. So from a, from a parity perspective, the talent pool in the NHL is spread out even more. So in, in theory, you should have – more parity between all 32 teams. So 60 more players means 40 points? It could. You're, you're, I, mean, I mean, you're also adding in a, a, a COVID season in, in within, within a division, um, and you went to taxi squads. You went deep into Yeah, there your, was no crowds for a lot of games sure. during so, that. So like it's, went, it's I like can neutral see, site games more than anything else. I can see a spike else. in that year yeah. and then drop back down. But it's it's been a steady rise. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't have any year by to year increases it. incrementally. Yeah, maybe teams are just getting better at playing on the road, and that's with good environments that that people love to play in. Well, I mean, like it, you don't get much better than Vegas or Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. 
Sure. Some of those play, and and both those teams have struggled at home. Right. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, I I, I do believe when it comes to the Golden Knights, when it comes to this building specifically, this is a place people want to play. This is just it. It, it just is when you've got teams that are are struggling or not playing well, or even teams that are playing well. Everyone wants to come to Vegas and play. Everybody wants to be in that environment. Everybody wants to feel the energy that's in the building. Then this would have been happening the other years prior I, to this. I mean, it their their home record wasn't as dominant last year, and, and you can you can look at it as two different things, right? You mm-hmm. can look at it as the injuries that they went through all season long, or you can look at it as Teams come to Vegas wanting to beat the Golden Knights, wanting to play in that environment because it's as close as you can get to a playoff environment in the regular season. Uh, that is absolutely true, and it was rocking last night. And uh, Vegas ended up uh, making a game of it on the scoreboard in the third period. Let's go to Bruce Cassidy, who uh, was asked uh, a lot of questions about last night and that home ice uh, situation, the starts, and how he evaluates uh, a game in which they badly own the puck. Uh, compared to the other team, but lose to the Buffalo Sabres. Here's Bruce Cassidy this morning. Well, we've had a busy schedule, haven't practiced much. Um, we're limited on bodies as well. Um, so that always goes into it. Uh, but we did need to get out there now that we've been home a little bit, work on a few things. Um, Obviously, we're not going to correct every part of our game that we don't like in, in one practice, but I still think it's good to get out there and a couple of things that we've focused on and still have good energy. And Tomorrow we'll have an optional and be ready to go. You had mentioned last night about what I asked about the second period. It was usually the same issues that are popping up about getting out of the zone, next to the zone. Is, is there something to that? Is it just winning tough battles and trying to get it out? Well, I think... There's more to it than just getting out of the zone. I, I think what I'm, what we don't do well in the second period when we give up a goal is we don't get back to our game quick enough. And there's a number of reasons for that. We don't get the puck deep, puck management. Um, some of it could be our exits, and that's puck management. Some of it's a mindset that we don't have to tie the game in the next shift. We just have to get the game back in our favor. You know, maybe that'll get you on the power play, give you a chance. Just don't compound mistakes, I guess. Should have probably explained myself better, and I think that's where games have gone from one nothing to two nothing, and where those quick goals happen. The other day it happened against the Islanders; they get a couple. Um, yesterday, same thing. So when it's one nothing or whatever, the other team scores, you got to get back to your game. And listen, no one likes getting scored on. There's always a little bit of anxiety, right? No matter how it happens, but. It's our job to make sure we get back to work, and that's kind of the message, and that's why we put certain players over the boards because we trust them to get back. And even last night, you know, Nick's line turned it over a couple times before they got in and forced plays. So we're just trying to get back to our game. And even the second goal, if you look at it, if you watch the sequence, yeah, we didn't get a puck out on the breakout, right? But every guy worked to get back to, to try to prevent the goal. We're just doing a little too much maybe. Just do your job and then let the, uh, the, the fire be put out by the group. Or, or, the, or let the goalie have the least dangerous shot, right? Like Thompson, really, it was a quick two-on-one. He was well on the outside. You know? So our D goes down, maybe doesn't have to go down, maybe by time. Huddy and Phil are scrambling back, trying to help. So just little things like that where we just got to you know, stay in the moment and you know, pull through and get the game back going our way. So whether that's breakouts or it happened to be a breakout last night, but I think there's different reasons for it. 
and our mindset has to be we're a good team we'll get back on track we don't need to get it all back at once so I think that's what happens to us a little bit and that could be a bad pinch too we're trying to keep a puck alive hey we need to get the next goal okay but it doesn't have to be that shift if it doesn't present itself the right way and I think that's where we've gotten in trouble uh, chasing games. You're listening to Bruce Cassidy, his media availability this morning prior to tomorrow's game against the Arizona Coyotes. Well, yes, I do. I think we all know that we can be better at home. We haven't won as much there as we'd like, so you know we want to play well. They've got proud hockey players in that room that have played well in this built, you know, at T-Mobile for years. We want to reward our fans. There's all there's some of that that builds up, but. It's our job to make sure that we, again, stay in the moment, focus your energy in the, in, a, in the right manner. And we're able to do that better on the road for whatever reason. Maybe it's because of that, like you're not worried about, okay, I don't have to please 18,700 fans or whatever it is. We just got to get back on track. So we have to generate a little bit of that mindset. And, um, and you know, if that situation arises the next time, hopefully we're, we're better at it. That's, that's all I can say on that. I mean, we just got to keep at it. No, nothing new on Jack. He won't be playing tomorrow. It might be a weird question, but like it sounds so easy to just put the puck in deep. Why is it constantly something you have to remind That's a weird question. <clears throat> no, I'm, I'm kidding. Just trying to loosen up. Uh, why, why is it so hard to get the puck in deep? Because players want to make plays. They're... Most of them their whole life have made plays. Now they get to a certain level where they can't make as many as they could at a previous level because players check better. And I think that's part of it. They want to make a play because they're accustomed to it and they want to be the guy that, you know, we practice out there. The interesting is you don't really practice getting it deep, right? You practice making plays because that's what you want to be sharp at when the situation arises because that's what makes the difference in the game, typically if you make a good play. You make a bad play, it can go the other way, and then they make a good play. So I think just sometimes you want to soft dump it so you have a better chance to get it back as opposed to hard, you know, and that, that leads into people knocking pucks out of the air. It doesn't quite get there. So that's a little bit of it too. We want to put it in the spot. We'll say a puck placement. We talk about it all the time. We want to put it in a spot where we can get it back, and if not, the most difficult spot for them to break it out, right? Well, that's sometimes easier said than done. Because sometimes they'll just shoot it in, the goalie plays it, bang, it's out right back out, and we'll be, okay, keep it away from the goalie, right? So they got that in their head. So now that's when the soft chips come in or the hard, you know, the hard rims. So I think there's a little bit of that. And it all happens like this, right? And all of a sudden your head's down, you want to put it in a good place. There's a guy coming from there that wants to bury it. So that goes through their head. You got, you know, there's self-preservation in some of those areas in the neutral zone. Those are hit zones. So there's probably those two or three things at play. And sometimes it's a bit of a skill, right? Some guys just have a little more touch than others. <clears throat> a couple of plays did cost you last night, but you doubled the shots. So did you see progress? In well, I think we had the chances. I think it was 32 to 10, right? So you're looking at the process, the big picture. If we, play, if we replicate what we did last night, we're going to win more than we're going to lose. Now, is it, does the score factor into that? Absolutely. They're up 3 nothing on the road. They're going to naturally... Um, probably not have the same drive we're going at home, right? We're pushing harder. We, we saw that in Boston. We got up 3 nothing, and all of a sudden it, it's coming at us. So that's not an altogether true indication of the total game. But we were the better team in the first period, we felt. Some of the things that we wanted to do was not feed into their transition and give, be chasing the game because of that. So we felt we had a successful first period in that regard. You know, we... We killed the penalty on a very dangerous power play. We didn't take another one by compounding it. We kept their line in check that, that does a lot of their damage. 
we didn't execute on the power play well enough to get the lead. I guess you could, you know, is, is, is where we went into the intermission thinking we needed to be better. Uh, but overall, we're happy with our game. That second period, they, they take advantage of some opportunities. Uh, we have a couple of breakaways. We don't. Now the third period, we really got to push. So I think at the end of the day, we liked a lot about our game, Darren. Just we didn't like the two goals. You know, sort of, we, you know, our return to D zone in the first one, we missed an assignment. Um, the lost face-off coverage, we don't get a block or a box out. Like that's the game-winning goal. It's from 55 feet, right? So we feel that's correctable. We, we lost those draws earlier in the period and we didn't allow a shot. So that particular one they took advantage of. So margins are slimmer, <clears throat> it seems lately for us when you're not scoring. When we went on the road and scored five in Ottawa, six in Montreal, six in Buffalo, some of these mistakes we were outscoring you know, some of them, and, and right now we're not, so everyone gets magnified, and that's what's going on at home right now. So it's not like we're terrible. The Ranger game, we weren't very good. We gave them easy goals. The last some games at home, I thought, honestly, we're trying to take care of business defensively. It's just right now we're in a stretch where we're not outscoring when we do make mistakes, or or we're not getting that timely save, right? That, 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 that's part of it as well, and that's not a criticism of, of the goaltenders. I don't think, you can't say it was bad goals, but... You know, they got three, four breakaway saves, right? So you need some of that to, to go your direction. And, and we did get it earlier, and let's hope, you know, tomorrow night we get that when we need it. That's a little bit of the funks you go through. No coach in the National Hockey League breaks it down like Bruce oh, Cassidy I mean, on I the VGK Insider Show. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd like to see that energy from, right, the puck drop, but that's been a challenge for us all year to come out in our building and have that level of energy. But... I mean, you got to give credit to the other team. They come in here, right? Okay, they're coming in. The pre-scout, hey, Vegas, number one in the Western Conference, better be freaking ready to play, or you know what I mean. So there's, you got to give credit to the other teams coming in here, knowing that. So that's a little bit of us knowing that teams are going to give us their best shot too, right? So that's what happens when you're a good team. So we, we have to be mature in that regard as well, knowing that they're coming in and they're going to be ready. Um, and you know, some of the offense that's typically driven, we talked about earlier. You know, Jack's a big part of that. So is Shea Theodore in the back end. So. I'm not making excuses, but you can't discount that, that that hasn't fed into some of our offensive struggles. And we've corrected some of that in the power play without some of those guys. Now we've got to correct a little more five on five. Did you change on that front? No, Petro took a personal day today um, and no other changes. Uh, we've got, uh, we're right at the limit with 20 guys right now. So that's, uh, that's how we're going to plan on going into tomorrow. A lot there with Bruce Cassidy today at City National Arena after practice. It was a, a spirit of practice. Uh, worked on a number of things, including some battle drills. They did this really cool drill at the end of the skate in which they had both nets at the same end. One was along the goal line, pinched towards the wall, but it was where it would normally be on the goal line at least, shifted over slightly from the crease. The other one was on the sideboards, and it was the the two halves were separated by tires and competing groups working on a five on two. Hmm. And there was a competition between the two groups of forwards on this on this five on two, making sure that you were taking advantage of good opportunities, but you had some room. Uh, you had to work for some some space. Uh, it, it was the most uh, uh, unique drill I've seen in a while uh, that included some battles, mm -hmm. but also some intensity and competition. I I think the thing I pull. Or the the idea of of what Bruce said there that that kind of stri strikes me is the dichotomy of wanting to make play, make, wait, wanting to make plays because that's how games are won, yeah. right? 
And for the Golden Knights, I, I think that you you certainly want that aspect in their game. And I questioned prior to the game against the Buffalo Sabres of whether or not the Golden Knights were going to be able to stick with kind of the game plan Bruce wanted to see from them in not forcing plays. And again, I'm, I'm encouraged by what Vegas was able to do last night against the Buffalo Sabres. And I'm, I'm thinking that if they continue to bring that game that they had last night against Buffalo into Arizona, into St. Louis, the final two home games here before the Christmas break, I think they're going to find wins. I just do. I just want to caution everybody. Don't expect the same type of game tomorrow that you saw last night or Friday that you saw last night because Buffalo gives you a lot. You're not going to have, counting the penalty shot, six breakaways against the Arizona Coyotes. And they're they're not a great hockey team, but you're still not going to get that type of leeway in the neutral zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, just that uh, Buffalo plays a very unique style. They love to score. They're they showed that free. last night, yeah. uh, but they give you almost everything you want offensively. And <laughs> if Vegas is accurate in, in uh, shooting percentage mm-hmm. side of it, uh, they win that game easily. Ukapeka Lukanen, good on you. You were, you were great. Uh, you, you won them the game, but uh, that was a, uh, an exception to the to the rule, and that's and that's saying it well. The National Hockey League is as wide open as it's been in decades, mm-hmm. but that that was close to shinny hockey last night with space. Remember last night we talked going into the, to the game. Mm-hmm. If you've got room and take space, yeah. take it. Yeah. Well, there was very little having to dump it in. <laughs> the the uh, we showed an example of the the third line, which is now the fourth line, uh, doing that in the first period and and the second period. One example of doing it properly: mm-hmm. break out, make a good pass, chip it in, make a forecheck. They drew a penalty on on the one play in the first period. In the second period. Didn't do the, as good a job, and uh, and it cost them an opportunity uh, on on Aiden Hill. The, but that was that was a rarity last night because it was wide open. Uh, tomorrow night, I think will be should still be in Vegas's favor. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get outshot by 20 by Arizona, but it should be m- much tamer than the flow that we saw last night. Yeah, I I just I'm I'm looking at the the things that I took from last night's game that were positive for the Golden Knights. I thought they did a really good job um again of defending Buffalo's offense. Yeah. Defending a team that puts the puck in the back of the net. And I know that over the course of the second period Buffalo scored three goals, but it wasn't sustained pressure. It was taking advantage of mistakes. And if the Golden Knights can you're going to have mistakes in a game, but I feel a little bit more confident if you make a mistake against the Arizona Coyotes. They can still finish for sure, but it's not at the clip that Buffalo is able to do it. So if the Golden Knights are able to get themselves into the same type of headspace of, of how they played responsibility with the puck, I think they'll be just fine. Ed, Gra- Ed Graney will yell at me for this, but oh. you can still take momentum from last night mm. into tomorrow. Won't be the same type of game, but momentum, confidence... Mm. Feeling good, chemistry, like the misfits were outstanding last night. There was a lot to to dial into mm-hmm. uh, from a positive performance last night. You can if you can carry that over, that's still really good, even though it won't be the same type of game. Momentum, momentum. You love that. I do. Do you I, like I, Do you like momentum more or less than ghosts? 
Ghosts. Uh, well, I think they're exactly the same thing. They they both exist. Mm. They both are there. Mm. I'm telling. I'm going to put you in a haunted house. Okay. I'm going to close all the doors. Okay. And we're just going to watch you sleep. Panic. No sleep. Because it's <laughs> a scary thing. Yeah. yeah just. Take me to the uh, to the to the ghosts of the Montreal Forum, and I'll just all do you sleep. Do you guys believe in momentum? Do you think I, the momentum exists? I absolutely do. Yeah. You don't, Ryan? I mean, no, not really. Really? I mean, like not game to game. I don't think momentum carries over from one game to another game. I, oh, think, I like, think it does. Confidence can certainly grow, but I don't think confidence and momentum are the same thing. I just don't I think like, they can. I think they, they I can. Think you be. can have. They I think can you overlap. Can have momentum. Inside of a game, I think that a good power play can set you up to then roll good shifts after good shifts after good good shifts. But I don't believe that you're going to be able to carry over what you did a game ago or a week ago into the next game. I just don't believe that. Well, I think momentum feeds into confidence, is fed by uh, uh, feeling good about your game. Uh, it's about your body being in the right spot. I think there's there's a lot of that now. Uh, I'm with you. Like, and if if a Olympian wins in 2022, <laughs> does that Olympian have momentum when they get back to the final in 2026? No, that's no, a big stretch. But a golfer can go on a run and mm-hmm. have momentum, and that's over different golf courses in different cities. I think there's something there with momentum and being on a streak. So that's that's a bit more of a stretch than you think exists. Mm-hmm. But I think there's something palatable with that. Yeah, I, I I don't I just I don't know that I believe in in the game to game momentum mm-hmm. at all. I just don't think I do. Maybe maybe there's something there when it comes to a playoff series, but when you when you've got a different appro- uh, opponent night in and night out, I don't believe in it. Well, uh, there's different aspects uh, to it, too. There's uh, momentum in overtime. There's momentum on the power play. There's momentum uh, on a line. There's momentum on a goaltender. And if they all come together, you got big mo. Big momentum. We're going to take a break. When we continue, uh, we've got uh, a really bad. developing situation. Uh, it's It's not great, but I think it might be overblown just a touch when it comes to the interaction between an on-ice official and a National Hockey League player in the game in Toronto tonight. Uh, We'll get into it on one-timers. News note from around the National Hockey League on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores! It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insiders Show. There is a situation in Toronto tonight that uh, occurred at the end of the first period in which a Dan Kelly linesman in the NHL is seen shoving Michael Bunting Mm -hmm. off the ice uh, to the door Mm -hmm. at the end of the period. Uh, It followed an an altercation towards the end. He tries to push him through the, the door. Bunting is standing firm on his side, and it looks looks awkward. And if a player ever did this to an official, you're in big trouble. So the uh, the response from the Twitterverse is, how does a linesman do that? Well, the linesman's trying to stop a 
altercation at the end of the period from getting out of hand. He points, he guides him, and then eventually he wants to get him off the ice to a point where Bunting can't come back without re-entering play, which would be like a 10-game suspension. I don't have an issue with this. It looks awkward. It looks bad. Bunting kind of falls over, trips a little bit. But if if he is going by the way of the official, none of this is possible. Not, like nothing, I mean, nothing happens here. It it it'll be blown up. It'll be much talked about. But I don't have one iota of an issue with what the linesman did. He's trying to push him off the ice three times. And if then, and and, yeah. and Bunting's trying to trying to keep his feet on the ice, if he goes down, if he if he twists up his knee, you don't have any issue with that. Like if it didn't, if, it it doesn't just because it didn't happen doesn't mean it couldn't have. That that linesman used too much force in this situation. Period. Yeah. If if it wouldn't be acceptable the other way around, it's certainly not acceptable for a linesman to put their hands on a player like that. Yeah, I don't have an issue at all with this, and uh, I'll be curious to see what the reaction is uh, from from the National Hockey League. But I don't anticipate any. Uh, what any if it's fallout. a different player? What if it's not Michael Bunting? Doesn't matter. Why? Why would it matter if it was a different player? It's Michael Bunting is is an under the skin on the line type of player. Yeah, if it was a different player, if it was a different player, quite honestly, probably nothing happens because he's escorted off the ice and there's no issue. There's there's no resistance from the player. It's it, and, and I, I part, don't, part I don't of why at, I don't look at it as resistance. He's skate. They're skating together, and as they get to the door, he's pushed. There wasn't an opportunity given to Michael Bunting to get to the door and walk off the ice. The he he was pushed off the ice. The body positioning of Michael Bunting is skating up toward the ice, and the the the, the push happens as the door as the doors open. Yeah, like uh, the horn's gone, plays over. Re- the linesman points to the door. Uh, again, I like Bunting's, it's, it's, Bunting's it's, got, it's my evaluation that uh, nothing will happen. Bunting's got his back essentially to the door and pushed backwards toward it. Like I, I don't get that. It's not you given an opportunity to turn around. You know what off. help if uh, help. Not having your back towards the door, turn on. Get off the ice right now. You're oh. gone. I didn't see Sergachev. See you later. Off the ice. That's because the camera was on bunting. No, uh, it's right Sergeyev now it's a, a two nothing. Is a two nothing Toronto against the Tampa yeah, Bay it's team. Two nothing. Two nothing Toronto, and uh, the Maple Leafs are absolutely destroying the Tampa Bay Lightning. Shots are twenty-eight to eight. That's my team that I picked to win the President's Trophy, the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I may end up being right on this. Boston won't give up a bunch, though. Uh, Carolina Hurricanes, are they going to be the best team in the uh, Metropolitan Division? Because right now they're laying a whooping on the New Jersey Devils. So. Yeah, probably. I mean, they're obviously winning the game right now, and, and if that holds true, then they will overtake the New Jersey Devils. Um, I had such high, high hopes for the New Jersey Devils to be an absolute wagon. They have fallen on some hard times recently, uh, but I still think they're a good hockey team. They're young. At they're the still end, young. At the end of the year, I think Carolina will be in a better position standings-wise than New Jersey. 
but I still believe the Devils are going to be a playoff team. Yeah, uh, on on the chirp a couple of episodes ago, Dan Rosen and I from NHL.com went through the four division leaders, Vegas, mm -hmm. Winnipeg at the time, Boston, and New Jersey. And we talked about which team was more likely than the others to hold on to their division lead. Mm -hmm. And I was Vegas. I liked Winnipeg's chances because of the goaltender. Now, Dallas has got some offense to burn mm -hmm. in, in Jason Robertson, and, and Dallas has taken over since then. In the in the East, I thought Toronto would catch Boston. I don't know whether that'll happen, but the, the Leafs and their ability to go on a roll, I still think it's in the realm of possibility, but I didn't think there was a chance New Jersey would be able to win the Metropolitan Division. They'll make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. I think there's a big enough cushion that's, there. That's a change. Because you weren't buying them at all. You didn't think they were a playoff team. Once they got to a certain point, they they had enough of a cushion mm -hmm. to do it. Mm -hmm. At the start of the year, even through the good run, uh, I was still questioning. But, but in a row. It should be. There's no reason why they should squander that cushion. Mm -hmm. But to be able to hold off the Carolina Hurricanes in particular, who I think are a legit Stanley Cup contender. Quiet a Stanley Cup contender in the league right now in the Carolina Hurricanes. Well, slow burn is, is, is a is a big ask. But yeah. well, just they, they got the third string goaltender. Yeah. Piotr. Kochetkov. Piotr. He got the new contract too. Uh I like him. He's fun. He 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 is fun. But New Jersey, I think, is a good story. They're still like L.A. in a lot of ways last year. Big step. Mm -hmm. Win a division. That's a, that's a tall ask. Now, the L.A. Kings, I think, might be the most impressive team in the NHL this season. Hmm. They're a two-seed in the Pacific. Okay. And they've had no goaltending. <laughs> you look at the other, other top three teams. Yeah. Who's even close to dealing with one hand back tied behind their back? Uh, like LA. Yeah, no, nobody is. I mean nobody. No, no like the gold the Golden Knights have had really good goaltending going into this uh going into this season. The Dallas Stars are are in a good spot with their goaltending. Winnipeg certainly is too. Um I mean maybe you can like Vanacek's been good, but like from an unproven over the course of eighty-two. But they score. Maybe they score yeah, enough. No, you're 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 right on the money. Um, boy, the Kings are up against it that way. But it's it's amazing all the situations that they've gone through with their goaltending, mm -hmm. including sending their <laughs> perceived heir apparent to the star mm -hmm. Hall mm -hmm. of Famer to the minors. Yep, they're still. Number two in the division and within six points of first place. Seven points of first place. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with um, good old Phoenix Copley. Like, legitimately. Well, four and one right now with the LA Kings. Well, what but are, that's been the what guy. What are his numbers? 904 save percentage. That's not, that's not blowing you away. A 271 goals against average. I mean, that's it's not, not blowing you away. But it's getting you wins when, when you couldn't get it with Jonathan Quick or Cal Peterson. Like you're still, they're still allowing a ton of goals. <laughs> yeah. No, I hear you. They're a, they're a minus 10 
in yeah. goals for and against. Yeah. Again, my my point is, since bringing Phoenix Copley into this into the equation, they've been at least getting league average goaltending. They're the only team in a minus position <laughs> okay. of any club in a playoff spot. Okay, but again, my point, L.A. is finally getting league average goaltending out of a goalie. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Quick's an 8.82 with a 3.55 goals against average. Cal Peterson was an 8.68 with a 3.75 goals against average. And over the course of five games, five starts for Phoenix Copley, he's 4-1 and one with a 9.04 save percentage and a 2.71 goals against average. So when you're able to at least dress a goalie for a little while, that's giving up on average one goal less than the other two and you're getting it finally league average goaltending and you're at the position the LA Kings are right now like if that can hold up at least a little bit and you're not even asking for elite you're not asking for world beating you're just asking for average wow yeah but when did Phoenix Copley come up a couple of weeks ago like no this this week right yeah so it, you're no, no, right no, 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 no. Okay. Bear with me here. Okay. Bear with me. Phoenix Copley's not going to be able to do it. I get it. I hear can, you. Can Phoenix Copley do this for another two months? No. No, but I... No. I, can Phoenix Copley do this for another two weeks? That's going to be hard. You know why? Because Phoenix Copley goes away in a week. Okay. Google Phoenix Copley. I, I am. I mean, All right. I'm right here. Look up where he's from. Oh, God, don't do this. Look up where Phoenix Copley's from. He's from the North Pole, isn't exactly. he? Exactly. Okay. Yep. Phoenix Copley shuts it down in a week. So what you're saying is Phoenix Copley is going to be busy over the weekend? Yep. It's just the weekend, and there's no hockey game, every, so it every, doesn't make any sense. He doesn't get any downtime. Oh, he's going to be too tired. Oh, gonna I, be get too tired. I get it. I get it. Goodness gracious. I just love the irony in his parents. Naming him Phoenix when he's gotta have born a sense of humor about the these North things, Pole. buddy. <laughs> Pretty good, isn't it? That's great. <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. <laughs> Those are your one timers for this Tuesday, December on Fox Sports Las Vegas. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. Hi, Darren. So this is going to sound a little, I guess, grinchy. But remember a few weeks ago, I complained about going into a a place of business and it was before and they were playing Christmas music. Mm -hmm. So today, I returned to that place of business for the first time since I had gone in there before Thanksgiving. Well, now they know who they are. And guess what they were not doing? Playing Christmas music? They weren't playing Christmas music. We called them out. We're four days. You called them out. No, I said it was acceptable after no, Thanksgiving. No, 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 you so them out. here we are on the winter solstice. That's today, by the way. Oh, tomorrow, I should say. That was tomorrow. Yeah, uh, the 21st. I, I thought it was the 21st today. Oh, boy. I'm like you now. You got me all confused on the dates, but. So one day before the first so day of winter. So hard to do this show with such old people. <laughs> and they're not playing Christmas music. What? How? How could you, you not You called be... them out. Yeah, but I said it was okay after Thanksgiving. I just can't get on board with it before Thanksgiving. I'm I'm, I'm scratching my head. You're I went in there. impossible to please. No, I, I, I want the Christmas music no, you, now. You, you know what happened? You know what happened here? You ruined Christmas for <laughs> yep. them. Yep. 
I was tempted to ask them. You but ruined I, Christmas. But I, I walk in and they're playing Samantha Fox. Oh, I the, love it. The I 80s. The 80s soundtrack. I don't, I don't know who that is. I, yeah. Which song was it? Uh, it was called Touch Me. Yeah. Samantha Fox. Yeah. Like early 80s. Yeah. Good song. Yeah. How yeah. old are you guys? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really old. And I'm, I'm much older than Ashley as well. So, and uh, you apparently. So. Hey, do you guys wear your seatbelts on the course of a flight when you're just sitting in your in your seat? Always. I could tell you why. Because there was a there was yeah, an Alaskan airline flight the other day to Hawaii, mm-hmm. and like serious bad turbulence. And even when the seatbelt sign came on, some people didn't put their seatbelts on. Oh. But I always wear my when I'm just sitting in the in the seat during the court, normal course of a flight. I have that thing on. Little known fact about Chapman. I was actually. Oh my goodness! No, no, this is cool. It it it, 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 it relates. I think there's a lot of I, known facts. I previously to getting into radio, you were a you were you were, you were a pilot. No, no, I was a flight attendant I for a this. for a major airline. Well, you know it, but I don't know if a lot of the listeners know it. I was a flight attendant for, for Delta Continental. Hmm. Close. How many bags of peanuts did you give out? Ah, uh, a lot, a lot. We used to serve just food. Look, just looking for a okay. number. Here, yeah. can, uh, we're gonna. We used to serve actual food, this so could, probably we, not we as have, many peanuts. We have like two minutes here. Yes, I need. I need some serious dirt. <laughs> okay. What's the one thing I can get for free that you actually charge for? Oh man, a lot's changed in the twenty years since I've done that job. But uh, like, what do I have to do to get a free beer? Well. Come on. I would not give you a free beer. All right. Okay. Uh, how do I get how do I get upgraded to business class if I'm in economy? E- What's the best way to go about that if there's a couple of empty business class seats? Because the the meals are all there. Yeah. You you could you could you could maybe uh, exaggerate the truth a little bit and say that uh, you you maybe have a bad back or. They told you that that you would be upgraded because you're a gold member or, or a platinum member, and and for whatever reason they didn't upgrade you. That that would work from so, time to time. So what you're saying is lying works. I, I'm okay with that. <laughs> oh, I know who you are. Like, I'm totally fine <laughs> with that. Fine. I just need to know what I what to do to get about. Phoenix Copley's going to be mad at yeah. you in about four days. But uh, hey. Santa, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, to to be honest with you, Darren, when I did that job. You would, would have you, ha- you would have had to be the opposite sex to schmooze me to get up to first so class. So you were not you were not one of those people that would just give away the upgrades because it, it, you were a nice person. It depends. It depends what the situation was. So you just handed them out. I would upgrade people all the time. Yeah, uh, like on your own without yeah. them asking. Yeah. Well, if I if I'm I, if I'm working first class on that particular flight, it's my call. So you can just by choice of Chapman. Yes. Say, hey, I I had the power. Ted, Linda, yeah, let's go. Yeah. Yep. If I'm working first class, I have enough meals. Did sure. you ever reject anybody? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I like that that part of it. Huh. You like the power. A little man complex. Yeah. I, I oh, like yeah, it. No. Yeah. 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 I can see it here. <laughs> I had a guy try to fight me once. Really? Because I I refused to serve him because he had had too many. And he was being aggressive, so then he got aggressive with me. What did you do? I Shoved l- through the gate like no, a linesman? No, no. 
from thirty thousand. No, feet? no, we we uh, we had to uh, call the pilot on that one. Pilot comes out and threatens. What's the pilot going to do? He's well, he threatened fly the to have, plane. He had he. Those guys don't really fly the plane all the time. He threatened to have the guy arrested when we landed. That's putting people in more danger. Getting the pilot out there. He's supposed to be busy. There's two of them. Oh. 